It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, here we are. It's a Kool-Aid Victory Monday. Look, it matches the helmet, kind of. Yes, Not really, but on bit. the camera, it kind of looks like it does. And and our shirts, ugh, my shirt is kind of orange-ish. You're wearing know, Cardinals red. Is this Cardinals red? Yeah, no. I think it is. Is that Rutgers red? It's just regular red. It's no, is no, it fuchsia? Uh, I don't know what it is. I got a humming. Anybody else hearing a humming in their ear? Mm. A little bit. Anyway, slightly. A lot to get to on today's Monday Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We went to the Muni lot yesterday. G. Bush, Mikey McNuggets, and I, plus G. Bush's entire family was there. Mikey McNuggets' girlfriend was there. We had Daryl as our bodyguard, and we had an amazing, amazing time. What a great experience it was! Crazy experience. Right? I brought my whole family, made them pass t-shirts out. It was, it was, it was a great, great day. Perfect weather. We'll get to that later. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. We mean everybody was invited. You didn't show up for barbecue either. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nah. I'm kidding. I that's, had a long day yesterday. That's, All right, a, yes. that's a nice jacket, by the way. We're going to spend plenty of time on the Browns' jacket, victory like over that. Arizona. <laughs> We're going to get to Deshaun Watson's performance, the running game, the special teams, the AFC North. And, of course, we'll start with the defense, which, defense which led the way. But first, we'll say hi to Mikey McNuggets. And before we do an ad read, yeah. we got to go around the horn, guys. I want to hear your oh, shotgun reaction. I forgot that part. 90 seconds. And, Jason, you can start us <laughs> go off. Go ahead, Jason. Real yeah. quick, your overall thoughts before we do an ad read and get into the minutiae and the specifics of this absolutely dominant win for the Cleveland Browns. My overall thoughts are I've told you all before how much I hate being wrong. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often. Mm. But Friday I was wrong because mm. I said I didn't think he should play. Obviously, it was the right call to play Deshaun Watson yesterday. I don't think he looked great. First half, I thought, was really kind of unstable. Second half was better, something to build off. So maybe that is the, the rust knocking off that he needed to have done. I was basing that. I had seen some videos during the show on Friday of some of his throws and thought, this guy, he is not ready to play. This is a mistake. And the first two drives, he couldn't throw it over five yards. And then he cut one loose on the third drive and ripped it 59 yards to Mari Cooper and sort of settled in after that. So I was wrong. I admit it. It was the right call to play Deshaun, and while I don't think he's back, it certainly was something to build off going forward. Yeah, man, I, I thought um, it was cool to see um, some of those confident plays. I think when you don't have when, when you don't have any experience or any any plays to bank on, sometimes as a as an athlete, you have to have some recent success that you had, you know, recently that you bank on that you can take withdrawals out and say, okay, if I'm struggling today. Yeah, but I still remember that I can make plays and I can I can use that to continue to have my confidence. I thought in in, in the first half, um, to be honest, I, I thought Kevin Stefanski really did a good job of calling the plays. And people say, well, what? G. Bush? What you talking about? You, you giving Kevin Stefanski props? Of course, I, I call I call a spade a spade. I thought he did a really good job. They did the running game wasn't overly dominant. But one of the things that he stayed true to the fact was, I'm going to still give this ball off. I'm not going to be back here throwing the ball 100,000 times. I thought even though they didn't have a, a, a large number of uh, average per carry, I thought he did a good job of establishing. And I knew Deshaun Watson was feeling good because not by the throws, because he made three really big throws that I, we'll talk about throughout the show. I thought more importantly, he took, a lot of hits in the first half. He scrambled, got hit. He got hit on a personal foul. He got hit late a few times. And when he made the scramble and gets up and does the first down, I know you're feeling yourself right now. I know you're ready to go. And he's starting to be like, okay, 
all right, this is cool. I'm, I'm getting more energetic, and I'm back with, with a little more energy. So I thought that was cool. I also thought it was interesting the way his teammates were kind of hyping him up after the game. I thought that was interesting. I, I agree with a lot of what Jason said about first half. I was very concerned. He didn't look good to me at all. The touchdown was lucky. We all know that ball got tipped. Uh, but I thought in the second half he played well. And so I think it was obviously the right call for him to play because you wouldn't want him to have – he has a rusty first half against the Ravens. The Browns are going it's down. It's 21 nothing at the half. Right. He's, he's, like he's going to have to play well for four quarters, not two against the Ravens. But we'll get to that. But uh, what I – the highlight of the day to me was the defense, which we'll get to more in depth in a minute. But uh, very impressive. Listen, I get it. The Cardinals' offense is – about as inept right now as you could possibly get. You have a quarterback that, at best, is a backup at this point. Uh, you have very you had, outside of Marquise Brown, uh, they got a nice young tight end who they couldn't get the ball to yesterday. But they really have no talent on their offense. They couldn't protect the Browns. Just demolished them. But what I really stood out to me about the defense as we transition now to Mikey was that they never took the foot off the gas the entire game. That shutout meant something. Oh, yeah. They wanted to blank the Cardinals, and they did. Mikey McNuggets. I appreciate that, guys. And we have a FanDuel ticket to show you guys in one sec that actually helps someone win a lot of money on the Browns game. And if you want to be like our winning FanDuel ticket winner of the day, you can score early in the NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. And right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins by placing an easy $5 winning money line bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. The Browns open this week as a five-and-a-half-point underdog yeah. against Baltimore on FanDuel. And our winning ticket of the day comes from Tenios Henry, who had a four-part same-game parlay on the Browns. I take that back, a six-part same-game parlay on the Browns this week. He had Deshaun Watson over one-and-a-half touchdown passes, over 203 passing yards. Amari Cooper over 90 receiving yards. Kareem Hunt anytime touchdown. Browns on the money line and under 46.5 points. And that turned $2.35 into $102.47. A 50 to 1 return on investment nice. for our guy, Tenios. Yeah, that was, I wouldn't have, uh, that would, sounded like a tricky parlay. I wouldn't yeah. have thought that would hit, but Good nice him. job at him. I saw somebody last night bet 700 bucks on FanDuel. For Irv Smith Jr., the Bengals tight end who had done almost nothing all season. That's crazy. To score the first touchdown and he hit it. It was it, it was twenty eight to one. I'm surprised it wasn't a hundred to one. Wow. That's crazy. He must... put seven hundred on it? Yeah, but I, unless I'm reading it wrong, it's hard to see my eyes. What is that? My eyes on my phone. I don't know. I, I I don't know, 28 times 7 Well, it was $7, not 70 Oh, okay. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. My bad. I was going to say. It's hard to see on my phone. I, I, I should be wearing – I wear glasses when I read. I should really wear glasses for my phone, too, because it's a little hard for me to see. So he bet $7. And how much did he win? 2800 Yes, yeah, 7 times 28 would be – No. Like 200 right? Yeah, he won 200 bucks. Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was more than that. Still a good win. It's still a good more hit. Than that, but. And shout out to that guy. Anyway. But Bull, yeah. you alluded to it one second ago. This yeah. defense yesterday was so good. I don't give a rat's you-know-what about the opponent, Clayton Toon, whoever, to hold the team to 58 total yards and zero points while forcing three turnovers and getting seven sacks yeah. is as impressive as a defensive performance as we've seen in a long time. By the way, this is a first in the history of fantasy football that has ever happened to me. I have a league – where I have the Browns defense. Okay, this this league is a very high-scoring league. Like, a good week is... Most fantasy leagues, if you score 150 points, that's a great week. In this league, a great week is 250 points. Yeah, to put I it in perspective. like that. Okay? Yeah. The Browns defense, like, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, a, a defense is... Uh, if a defense has a good week, they'll score you 20, 25 points. Right. The Browns defense got me 47 points. Wow. The Browns which is the most, I think, maybe not, maybe not ever, but the most... I've ever gotten. That's how good the Browns' defense was. Seven sacks, guys. Three turnovers. The only thing they didn't actually do was score themselves. Miles um, was trying to. On the he fumble. was on that fumble. He, he said Oboe tackled him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, listen. We all acknowledge that Cardinals didn't have much talent on. Right. Fair to acknowledge. They're still that. an NFL team. But as you said, still an NFL team. 
And the Browns didn't just play well on defense. They were completely lights out. The best play by the Cardinals all day, they got screwed on that, that call by the ref. Remember they called that one play right yeah. the, towards the end of the first half? Yeah. They had like a 25-yard gain. That was a terrible call. The, the, not that it would have mattered. The Cardinals, I don't. I think they never got the ball past the Browns' forty-three. Is that correct? Well, Clayton Tune had a negative A dot deep into the game, like multiple yeah. possessions in the game, and A dot is average depth of target. How far are you throwing it down the field? Right. I've never seen a quarterback have a negative. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah, because they kept throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, and getting tackled right, <laughs> right away. It was like negative three point two or something like that. Yeah. Well into the first quarter, maybe even into the second quarter. Right, right, right. So that's that just shows you how he had no chance. Wow. And two of his I think he threw three balls over ten yards and two of them were picked off. Wow. Like right. they just they had no chance. Well that throw he made where Denzel Ward made the pick was a terrible throw. However, that was a great play by Denzel Ward. It was. That's yeah. not an easy like that ball had some meat, like some some juice on it. And he had to dive. He threw it behind. He threw it, he threw over it Marquise over Brown. Marquise Brown, yeah. but behind him, too. Yeah. So Denzel's momentum was carrying him to the middle of the field. He had to dive back towards the sideline to make yeah. the catch. That was a great play. Um, Denzel Ward, guys, and we'll get to all the other guys who are doing great right now. I think Denzel Ward at the moment, you know, we talk so much about Martin Emerson since he's coming and he's, he's done a great job. I think Denzel, I, first of all, they could arguably, now, to be fair, I'm not breaking down the corners on other teams. I find it hard to believe there's a better corner tandem right now. I said group. that last week. Yeah. On, yeah. What did we come up with? The Jets, so, right? The Jets the are Jets, up there. Somebody mentioned the Seahawks is really good. But, but they're certainly but in the I don't know. I, I mean, Denzel Ward is just playing his this best is football. The be- I was just gonna, this is yeah. the best he's played in his career. He's yeah, healthy. He's, knock on wood. Yep. You know, we know about his injury pass. We know about the concussions. You know, hopefully that stays – hopefully he can stay on the field. But he's playing at an incredibly high level. And for a while, especially early on in the game, the Browns were only playing with one cornerback. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They had Denzel on the field and Martin was off the field because they like they had no respect for the Cardinals throwing the ball. They were playing with one cornerback. They knew they were going to run it. That's crazy. Um, I didn't yeah. even realize that. It's, go back and watch the first, pos- the first possession of the yeah. game. Martin was on the field for the first snap, and then he goes. And I told Zach, I'm like, "Where's Emerson? Like, he's not well, even because in." Because you have Marquise Brown, they have a terrible quarterback. Their their number two wide receiver uh, Wilson yeah. was hurt. He didn't play, and they were using Rondell Moore kind of like a running back. Yeah, yeah. I, I checked the snap count yeah. because I stopped paying attention after a while. Yeah, and Emerson actually played more snaps than Denzel, so it did oh, even okay. out. But early on, that's funny. They were playing with one corner because Greg was out, Newsom was out, obviously. And yeah. Emerson was on the sideline. It was Denzel on the field. Man, I, you know, I thought uh, I thought Taki Taki did a good job of baiting him on that one throw. Yeah. They tried to run a high-low concept, and he was just like, yeah, I'm not watching the guy behind me. I'm all on this low, this flat route down here. And they're like, no, I'm not. And he just, he just jumps in front yeah. of him and makes an interception. You know, I, I feel sorry for the Cardinals because I, I don't know how many times we've watched the Browns and we've had to trot out quarterbacks that have even been off right. the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, backups, guys that are six-round picks, and they come out here and have no shot. That, that Cardinals team yesterday looked a lot like a lot of Browns teams we've seen in the last decade. Typically plus. in December. That's yeah. a December Browns team. <laughs> December Browns. Fortunately, it's not the case anymore, but that, that, that was Connor pitiful. Shaw. Uh, I, why, you, I was just going to say Connor <laughs> Shaw. I don't know why I was going. That's I wonder the first what Connor Shaw is doing these days. My goodness! Connor and then, and then, we, then we would always ask. Well, he did have some nice throws. <laughs> you always try and talk yourself into it. How's oh about, yeah. How's about bringing him back next year? No. <laughs> well, Clayton Tune did not have one nice throw. One point six QBR. Yeah, that's incredible. That's pretty bad. I'd that's say. Pretty, you mentioned Taki Taki. He's really kind of grown into. A serviceable player. Wow. A couple of years ago, he was like, oh, man, I don't know how much longer this guy's going to be here. And when he moved into the middle last year after Walker went down, he really sort of came into his own a little bit. And he, 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the almighty PFF thinks of Sione Takitaki, but I see him making plays out there. Well, you know what I've noticed, and maybe this has helped him. He's been playing less. He's taken less snaps, but he's been more effective when he's been in there. I wonder, maybe, you know, some guys, the more you play him, the worse they are. Yeah. Some guys are better the more you play him. Maybe Taki Taki's one of these guys. If you just <laughs> use him in the right spots, he can play well. It's the Delonte West effect. If you give Delonte West 13 minutes, he's going to have 12 points, <laughs> five assists, six rebounds. If you pay him 19, 20, 30 minutes, he's still going to have that same stat line. <laughs> so, Bull, to that point, I saw a yeah. tweet from Jack Duffin this morning who had the Browns linebacker snap count percentage yeah. done week by week. So, in weeks one to week six, JOK was on the field for 73% of Brown's defensive snaps. Anthony Walker, 63%. Taki Taki, 54%. Week 7, 8, and 9, the last three weeks, Anthony Walker's jumped up 18% from 63% to 81%. So he's Uh essentially on the field at all times. JOK's dropped from 73% of snaps to 52% of snaps. And Taki Taki's dropped from 54% of snaps to 24%. Wow. So he's only playing one out of four plays. And Tony Fields has gone from 2% to 37%. But so I also – I wonder if it's a weird finish. trend, if there's anything more to it. Well, I, I think you're just playing more but. DBs. Yeah. Like, I think you're just going more two linebacker sets and more right. extra, whether it's Rodney McLeod, three – you know, you're, you're playing more nickel and even dime and less three linebacker sets. And, and, and I didn't see – and I, I, I would, I'm anxious to see the film. I mean, I thought Mitchell played a lot in this game, and he wasn't giving up much. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. if he can ca- catch the football, he might have a couple of picks. On he this went year to Northwestern. You know, you know, I, yeah. you know how they feel about that. That's right. Interceptions. <laughs> at Interceptions. Ain't there That's really not Guys, we've talked a lot about the fact that Jim Schwartz has done a great job, which he has, right? right. But the biggest difference, t- the two biggest differences on this team, one, they went from the worst group of defensive tackles to I don't know where it ranks, but it's certainly in the top ten, I would yes. think. They're playing really well at defensive tackle and – Last year the linebackers were all hurt. This year they're all healthy. Health has the Browns, so you know, the Browns have been clobbered by injuries on the offense, which we get to with Jed Wills, and we all know that. Knock on on wood. defense, knock on wood, they've had almost no injuries. Greg Newsom's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Yeah. Outside of him, everybody else has been, you know, stayed healthy, and that's been a big difference. And that's what's allowed them to rotate those tackles, which they've never that's had right. the depth before to, never. to keep rolling new guys in and fresh legs in. This year they've been able to do that because they upgraded the talent and they have depth that's been able to stay healthy. That's I, huge. I've learned. I've learned after watching them after this up to this point. When the Cleveland Browns play lights out, when I mean they're getting guys, they're getting fifty-eight yards or you you you, you, know, you know all these seven, all these three and out seven, eight, nine, ten times in a row. Mm-hmm. When you watch them, they're dominant when their defensive tackles are dominant. When you look at it, Dalvin Tomlinson had a crazy game from the defensive tackle Who position. Have sacks? That's crazy. Shelby Harris played great yesterday. Jordan Elliott continues to play Garrett. I mean, he's listen. He's he's actually, I he's improved his game so much. I don't even recognize him anymore. Like it's crazy. Well, it helps when you have much better players around you. I right. Mean, yep. You know, he's he was like being asked to be like the number one tackle. Well, he's not a number one tackle. Now he's the third or fourth tackle. Okay, you know, and he's he's picking his spots. They're picking spots for him, and it's working. When they're disruptive, it's just a problem. Maurice Hurst is playing well. Yeah. So we just named four defensive tackles that are rotating in, yeah. doing their thing. And the crazy part about it is when they start getting penetration and being in the backfield and being disruptive, you almost can't block the ends. You can't block them. Like, there's not uh, – you saw Zadarius Smith get another sack today. That's quietly for the Z- Zadarius, two sacks – Two weeks, he's starting to get on the board a little bit. Yeah. But uh, when their defensive tackles play like that, they can beat anybody. And you mentioned Shelby Harris. Like, he hadn't really done much right. before yesterday. And he had he had his kind of welcome to the Browns moment because I don't think Maurice Hurst played a ton yesterday for whatever reason. He mm-hmm. didn't, he's been playing really well, but he didn't seem to be much of a factor yesterday. But I thought Shelby Harris played great. He showed up. There was a bunch of times where there was pressure on the quarterback or whatever. But, I mean, I, we, I think we said this last week too, guys. Who's not playing well on the defense? It's hard to come up with somebody. Right? I mean, is there anybody? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's No. Even the guys they bring in, like Rodney McLeod, he seems to make plays. Yeah. And Juan Thornhill is sneaky. Juan Thornhill don't be in the stat sheet a lot because – Think about it. You got the corners who are making plays in man-to-man. Yeah. Defensive linemen is getting after the quarterbacks. We just talked about that. Linebackers are just solid. 
Juan Thornhill, like, he's sneaky around the ball a little bit. Like, when it, when it was in the end zone, he almost got him to, to get to safety. Yeah. I'm like, that was a good play. He just, he just, he's really, really solid. We talked there. about that last week with him. I've noticed three, four, maybe five, maybe more tackles that he's made where it just looks like a routine tackle. But if he doesn't get that guy down, it's a big play. Mm. And oh, yeah. Juan has saved a lot of moments where, again, it doesn't look huge in the stats, but watching the game on the field, he's really, he's, he's been a game changer. And, you know, we can say what you want about Joe Woods and we, crushed him all last year and we said that his scheme doesn't fit the personnel and it wasn't a good match but how many times did we say at least I said fix the defensive tackles you're going to fix a lot that's wrong with this defense yeah. and they've done that yeah with, with the upgrading the defensive tackles everything else looks so much better yeah I mean I, I think in a way I hate to give too much credit to Jim Schwartz but maybe we have he deserves a lot of credit but the players Deserve a lot of credit. They're too. out there on the field making and plays. Joe Woods, by the way, is, his defense in New Orleans is playing very well. Yeah. So let's not make it. It didn't work for him here for a variety of reasons. Some his doing, but let's not make it seem like he's incompetent. I mean, his defense is playing well. Go ahead, Mike. I do think the talent upgrade is probably vastly underrated in the big picture, but Joe no Woods doubt. never adjusted to try and put guys in the best position to succeed, like we've seen Jim Schwartz do. So I do think he deserved a fair slice and a pretty big slice of the blame pie here. Absolutely, when you, when but it's also s- fair to say he is succeeding in a, with another yeah. team. Right? And he had succeeded <laughs> elsewhere too. Yes. So and and I mean, think about their defensive line for a minute. You had m- nothing with yeah. my, like Jadavian Clowney was is a talented player, but he was unmotivated last year. Yeah, he it was wasn't. clearly he was not playing. And they had nothing else. Nothing. And now they've got a ton of guys. Uh, they, uh, I can't the, – the talent upgrade that they've had on that defensive line in one offseason is ridiculous. And, and Quiet has kept – here's why I give him credit. Quiet has kept – we talked about the first five weeks the Browns were taking the ball away. They're tied for eighth now. That's oh, they're on a flurry here these last yeah, few they, weeks. Right. They, they've yes. gotten – and that's the, that's just the way, you know, turnovers happen. Like, yeah. you can't really plan for them. And sometimes you, you don't want to tell guys, hey, we're going to go punch the ball out. No, we want to get them on the ground and figure out what we're doing. Right. But all of a sudden now, the Browns are getting turnovers. And looking – going into the, uh, you know, into the last part of this year, um, and I've always watched it like this. You watch, watch how quarterbacks' numbers start to – creep down. I'm seeing quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson throw for 185. Um, you know, teams are still winning, but if your name is not CJ Stroud, I ain't, ain't nobody throwing for 350, 360s. I haven't seen it. It started, you know, especially when it gets a little colder, these numbers start to creep down a little bit. Even Patrick Mahomes, what do you have, 200-some yards in, in Germany? Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Like, so the Browns are, are putting themselves in position to, to kind of weather the storm a little bit and kind of lead with their defense. Um, and, and I'm actually, I, I like the fact that when we, we, we called them out a little bit for the last couple of weeks, right? And, you know, they could have went out there and, and, and you know, played around because it was the Cardinals. But they went out there and smashed the Cardinals and held them to 58 yards. So, I, you know, I love that. And I like that energy going into Baltimore week. There were um, four quarterbacks that had... Only four quarterbacks that had over 270 yards yesterday. Mm. C.J. Stroud had 470. He's balling. Uh, <clears throat> Dak Prescott had 374 and a loss. Burrow had 348, and Sam Howell had uh, 325. Sam Howell, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's putting up some numbers. Some, he's put, Let yeah. me ask you guys this. Yeah. In terms of total yards allowed this season, the Browns yeah. have actually the top three performances this season. Right. Number three was week one against Cincinnati, where they allowed 154 yards. Number two was week three versus Tennessee, where they allowed 94 yards. And then the best was this week when they held Arizona to 58 yards. If you had to grade, or not grade, compare the two, this game against Arizona versus this game at t- against Tennessee in week three, yeah. based on the opponent knowing who was a quarterback, the skill positions, all that in context – which defensive performance do you think was more impressive? 94 yards against Tennessee or 58 yards against Arizona? I think the, I think the Tennessee the Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Ryan Tannehill, but he's a professional NFL quarterback. I mean, Derrick Henry's and a Derrick legitimate Henry's NFL still, running back. Derrick Henry's played pretty well against everybody else this yeah. year. Yeah, And he, he, he could – now, I thought they gave up on him too early in that game, but still. I, I don't know. I'm going to say the Bengals. <laughs> I, the only well, reason I don't I, say the Bengals is the weather and Burroughs' calf. Right. So, Those you have were, to take that into account. Yeah, you do – 
Um, but the crazy part about it is you just see, like, it was raining, and it's raining for DBs, too. I kept thinking myself, like, you can't play man-to-man coverage in this, and you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They weren't hurt. So I'm thinking, like, yeah. if you make a, a cut and you slip and fall, that's touchdown in man-to-man yeah, coverage. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say – I would say probably the Tennessee one, just just because of the name brand recognition. I mean, you had DeAndre Hopkins, you had Derrick Henry. You know, they've been known to, to run the football a lot, and they could have got the screen game off a little bit. Um, but to have them look like that, that was yeah. just crazy. I would put Cincinnati second and yesterday third in, in terms yeah. of ranking the top three just because of the talent that was out there, the yeah. lack of talent that was out there. Or lack thereof, yeah. yeah. All right, is there anything we did not hit on the defense before we move on to the offense? Yeah, one more thing yeah. really, really, really quickly. So we talked about Denzel Ward's interception. We talked about Taki Taki and his emergence. We yeah. talked about all the guys on the defensive line who have continued to just be phenomenal. Yeah. Miles Garrett, once again, had a sack. He's at nine and a half, but I'm going to ask this real quick. I didn't even tell you guys beforehand, but uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN did his midseason awards today. Yep. And said Miles Garrett was his defensive player of the year through the first half of the season. Yeah. We all said before the season started that we thought Miles had that next level he could get to, and this yeah. was his best chance with all the talent. We're halfway through. Have you seen Miles Garrett step his game up to that level we had all wanted to? And I know yesterday wasn't the superhuman performance. No, I think Indianapolis have. was, but I just want to ask that question now. I think he had, point. like, Miles Garrett had, had been like a 99 out of 100. Yeah. And there was one more little mini level that only a few guys can reach. And I didn't, in my opinion, he hadn't reached that mini level that only the, the special players can reach. And I think he's reached it this year. I think so. The way you said that reminds yeah. me, I, I don't know if I, when I had a, I, when the Cavs were in the playoffs against the Pacers that last year that LeBron was here, mm-hmm. and he and I went out in the locker room and I said, there's a difference in Hall of Fame and greatest of all time, and it's that. Yes. It's, I got to make sure it's on camera. And it's that. And yeah. you know it when you see it. That's right. And we are seeing that this yes. year out of Miles. The, he's turned games around. He's single-handedly won games. Now, I think we've talked about this in the past. He's gotten off to great starts in September before and then sort of tails off, right? Is that – am I remembering that correctly? Yes. That is correct, yes. So we're now in November, and he's still playing at, at this really high level. I mean, he's doing things we've never seen before, jumping over lines and blocking kicks. Yeah. Uh, he didn't – you know, he had the, the scoop on the fumble. He would have got there yesterday. Yeah. He would have destroyed uh, Tune on a sack earlier. He was held. Yep. So his numbers were deflated a little bit by that. But we're seeing him – at that level now into November, and we can only assume into December. I think he is hitting that next gear. Yeah, and let's face it. Part of the reason the defensive tackles are making – they're good and they're better, but he's making it – because you can't double-team the other guys as much right. because he's the big, the most the thing you're most worried and about. And ta- we talked about it when they hired Jim Schwartz. Yeah. You know, I said then, I was talking to people in the organization, part of the reason they chose Jim over Brian Flores was Miles. They felt like Schwartz's system would get the most out of Miles – and we're seeing that play out. Yeah, no I, I will say this. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Year Award is um, on the table the next two weeks. If you can go into Baltimore and dominate the way you've dominated uh, some of the games this year, you're going to be the Defensive Player of the Year. He has to know that. Baltimore is playing lights out. They, they destroyed Seattle. Lamar Jackson looks like he's, he's up for uh, another MVP-type caliber season. You know, they, Zay Flowers, some of those guys – Baltimore is, is, is hitting on all cylinders. If he can go into Baltimore and, and, and disrupt what they're doing and the Browns can somehow come out here with a victory, and then you got Pittsburgh coming up at home, prime time probably, looks like an opportunity for a flex game, everybody watching. You could win the Defensive Player of the Year award in the next two weeks. Ownership was at the uh, the Cavs game last night. Did you guys see they Miles went to the game and they saw they, Miles they, was there and the yeah. ovation that he, he got and the grin, bonkers, right? the smile on his face. Guys, I'm telling you, he's motivated, he's engaged, he's happy, and that's huge because there's been other seasons not in the not so recent past that by this time <laughs> it was already rickety and it was already falling off the tracks. And but right now everything's in front of them these next two weeks. If they take care of business, it's all right there. No matter what problems they've had up to this point. Everything's there for them to win the division or whatever else. So he's engaged, he's happy, he's motivated, and he's playing at a high level, and that is huge for this team and this defense. And you know what else he is that he often hasn't been this time of the year? Healthy. Healthy. It seems like every year around the middle of the season he gets some sort of injury. Yeah. Obviously last year was a car accident that screwed him up. Yep. You know, he's had some injuries, nothing that's like kept him out for 
long, long periods of time, but enough injuries that have set him back a little bit. And so far this year, he uh, remains healthy. He's in a really good space. He's just you know, in a really yeah. good space. Throw that, awesome. throw that, throw that really, really quickly. Throw that picture up. He was on the bench with Dalvin Thomason, Darius Smith. This makes a difference. When you work with people that you like, and you and you have a good rapport with them. You do things off the field. You do things on the field. You hang out with each other. When you see a picture of you guys laughing and joking on the bench, that makes a that that makes a world of difference right there, man. Mm-hmm. Like people don't people underestimate that. When you I've been on horrible teams and I've been on good teams and the good teams I've ever been on, that's the type of atmosphere that you got in the locker room that yeah. that translates. And sometimes it had fe- it has felt like Miles Garrett was. I don't know if this is true or not, Jason. You maybe you would know. And at times, it's felt like he's a bit of a loner. Yeah. Um, he, he marches to the tune of his own. He, he does. He does yeah. things his way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if loner is the right word. Maybe. I mean, they've had so much turnover. Yeah. yeah. In that locker room and on that side of the ball. You know, who's been his running mate? Like, who's been here more than a year yeah, or two? Yeah. I mean, they, they got a lot of them now. They got, <laughs> yeah. got a bunch of dudes up there. Mike, I just sent you something. Uh, did you have that graphic? I got Yeah, we're going to get up in one sec. Okay. It's just funny. Zach Jackson tweeted it out. Oh, I Miles, saw that yesterday. Of my, yeah, where Miles great, ranks on, mm-hmm. on lists and, and top sacks and everything else. Let me know what you have, Mike, because I saw this yesterday, too. We're going to pull up Anthony's phone up as we speak. It's, right. it, listen, Miles Garrett, in terms of Brown's history, is... But not just category. Brown's history, because... I mean, yeah, well, in terms of every... In, in all pass rushing history, you can take the tag word full here, Steve. Yeah, here we go. But he is... Yeah, so, it's just So, if you impressive. see that... Most sacks in the NFL before their 28th birthday. That's what the first one says, right? He's Correct. ahead he of everybody. 28 ahead of Reggie White and Derek Thomas, obviously two of the I can't believe Bruce Smith isn't up there. That's crazy. Maybe he got in the league a little later. You know, I don't know. What is the second one? It's a little Most, sacks. most career, career sacks, sacks by, by Brown. Brown oh, and he is past Clay Matthews by 22. And then you can't even see the bottom of the tweet because the uh, tell line's up, but most sacks by a Brown after eight games is one Miles Garrett, two Miles Garrett, three Miles Garrett, and four miles you guessed Garrett. it, four Miles Garrett. I mean, it's crazy. If, so, he, if he spends his career here, he's going to set numbers that will last for – They're not getting touched. Ever. <laughs> and the Browns – within the Browns. So, so he's he, – we call those LeBron numbers. You yeah. never, if you, if, I was thinking that earlier, but I already mentioned LeBron once, so yeah, and I can't mention LeBron more than once yeah, a show. Yeah, I feel like, people make fun I feel of like five, six, five, six <laughs> years from now, we're going to have a conversation about Joe Thomas versus Miles Garrett, who's the greatest modern Brown of all time. Yeah, that's, that's hard. A, that's, yeah, that's dang, hard. That's, stop. You know what? <laughs> I asked that question. You guys were like, it's too early. So. It's too early. You well, got to okay. see how the rest of his career um, goes. We're going to talk to Sean Watson in one sec. I'm yeah. going to say something, and we're going to talk about it in overtime. Bo, we cannot go on a tangent here. Jason, we cannot go on a tangent. But the Guardians have hired Stephen Vaught as their new manager. We'll talk about it in overtime. That's official from Paul Hoynesy. It's official. It's not a fake Are we account. sure it's not fake? Unless Paul Hoynesy is. Who is that guy? No, it's it's Paul it's real. Okay, yeah, can I just say, we're not gonna go on a long tangent. You have sit. literally thirty seconds before we lose. Okay, because I got so literally thirty seconds. What? Relax. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on to the Sean Watson. Hold <laughs> on here. Let me let me just read this is America's text. number one sports Mike, book. It is unquestioned. I'm in the middle of a rebuild. You can't stop me now. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We will talk plenty of Guardians in overtime, but we got to talk to Sean Watson. Let me just read one thing that... But we're going to lose people. As soon as you say Guardians, we're going to lose people. So I don't care. I want to just they, they just broke news. We can talk about it for a minute. And if people go away, they're bad fans. All right. Do it. But you got a minute. Seriously, you got a minute. Forget it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. Forget it. Say let's it. talk. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Go ahead. I don't Are you going to read it? I don't, go ahead. I don't forget it. No, let, votes let, manager. We'll talk go, about it more. Go ahead. Time. Let's talk, go talk about Deshaun. Watson. We talked about Deshaun off the top and you know, I, I said at the Open, I didn't like the way he played in the first half. Uh, I thought he was apprehensive, tentative, wasn't confident in what he was seeing, wasn't really ripping it downfield. The first two drives was like, see, told you, shouldn't have played him. There's a mistake. Can't throw it over five yards. 
And then he cut loose and threw, ripped it 69 or 59, 60 yards to Amari Cooper. And then he seemed to settle in, had a few better throws in the second half, uh, was able to throw it down the field more. Uh, Here's the thing that I wrote, though, after the game, and this is just sort of until we see otherwise. The Browns' offense right now, their bread and butter is sort of what it was in years past. (laughs) And that's not what it was supposed to be with Deshaun. But because of the injuries, because of – now Jed Wills looks like he may be out for a while because of Deshaun's shoulder. It's the screen game, it's play action, and take a shot on third down. And it's not a sexy way to play, but it's been effective to this point. And with this defense, the way the defense is playing, you're going to have to rely on them to win games. We just spent 20 minutes talking about how terrific this defense has been. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, I covered Jim Trestle when he was at Ohio State, and it's, it was sort of the way that he played with punt and field position where you get a couple first downs, you punt, you hold them, you get the ball back, you get a first down, you punt, now you've pinned them deep, you get the ball back, now you got the ball at midfield, mm-hmm. and now you can get points out of it. So it's sort of stacking, not even plays, but stacking drives on top of each mm-hmm. other to where you get to the point where get a key turnover, get on a short field, and get points out of it. But it's not the, it's not the five wide throwing the ball all over the place that we thought you, know, you were going to get with Deshaun. It's a lot of run heavy. Extra linemen, extra tight ends. Nick Harris is a fullback. Nick Harris is a tight end. Harrison Bryant and Njoku in there. And just run the ball, play action, and take your shots on third down. You know, I, I like the fact that um, they're starting to run the board, mo- ball more out of shotgun. You're starting to see more delayed draws, different things like that. And look, that like I, I, I said it, you know, last week on the barbershop when we were doing the podcast, I said, look, Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, okay, well, let me look and see who, what my identity is. And even if we got Deshaun Watson, what's the best way that we could go about winning football games? And if you could get Deshaun Watson to play clean football, he's not going to turn the ball if he doesn't turn the ball over. And if he scrambles to pick up first downs, now you'll start to, to get people that will come up a little bit and he can do the scramble drill. We haven't even seen him do the scramble drill yet this year because he just hasn't, hasn't been called for it. That hasn't been what, what was in the books, in the plans. So now you can start adding things like RPOs in the game. Now that you see that he can take a hit or, or a few hits and he's ready to go. Um, but for me, um, when DPJ, you know, got traded, a lot of people thought that it might be, you know, Cedric Tillman or David Bell. But, no, get ready. There's tight ends that are going to be involved, like Harrison Bryant, David Njoku was seeing more. I would say David Njoku was almost the second option for Deshaun Watson. He's almost the second guy he's looking for. And, and we saw, what's his 84? I forget his name all the time. Oh, the third tight Akins. end, Akins? We yeah. saw Akins. He, he, we, they, they dusted him off. And got him out the closet a little bit. <laughs> they didn't I, even know who it was on the broadcast. <laughs> they were shocked he got a target. I, I didn't. I hadn't seen him since training camp. So yeah. get ready for a lot of that stuff. And guess what? I wasn't even mad at, at the Stefanski's gadgets with with this stuff. I saw Kareem Hunt and his shotgun. I saw him do a fake reverse. I seen him go with the full house backfield, shifted into it, and I love the Nick Harris stuff at fullback. So hey. You know, I, I like it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, it was absolutely the right call. You know, we, we often kill the Browns organization when they do stupid things. And in their modern history, they've mostly done stupid things. Mm-hmm. It's been a poorly run organization. Uh, the decision to start Deshaun Watson yesterday turned out to be the right call. It was the wrong call against Indianapolis because he was not capable of playing. It was the right call yesterday. And... Listen, who knows? Maybe if he would have played the whole game against Indianapolis, maybe the second half would have been better. But even when I, even in the first half when Deshaun Watson, I thought, was not playing well. And can we not do, by the way, can we not do this again? So, like, when, when Baker Mayfield was here, and I'm just going to bring this up as comparison, we got to the point where most people had picked their camps. We either yes. liked Baker or you didn't. And if you were in the anti-Baker camp, as I was, but unlike me, most people in the anti-Baker camp never wanted to give Baker credit when he played well, ever. Right. It didn't matter. Uh, conversely, the, the Baker bros never would admit when he didn't play well, mm-hmm. unless it was beyond obvious that he could have. And now we're already starting to see the same things. Yeah. The, the pro-Watson people are going to try to argue that he played a great game yesterday. Stop that. He didn't play a great game. He was pretty bad in the first half. 
he played, and then and then the anti-Watson people are going to say, oh, he had just made one throw in the second half. He wasn't very good. No, I, listen, he played pretty well in the second half. He is far still from where he needs to be and where the Browns traded for him not to be a game manager, but to be a game winner, to be a difference maker. Right now, he's not I, I, either he's not capable or he's not capable at the moment. Well, he's not healthy. He's, he said again yesterday he's not 100%. He's not going to be 100% the rest of the year. Jason, you're on the field. you got to do it. I agree. You know, yes, Burrow's playing better now because he's healthier. I didn't give him a pass for, for the way he played early yes. in the season. If you're, it's a factor, if you're on the field, you have to perform. But it's, the reality is yes. he is hurt. He's not going to be 100% the rest of the way. Right. And, but I thought the way he played in the second half, he just he cut it loose in the second half. Yeah, he did. He made that one throw at the end of the first half. And, but for the most part, he did not play well in the first half, I thought. Second half, he made a lot of good throws. But I noticed, and Mike and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, can you guys shut up back there? You're making too much noise. <laughs> we're trying to do a show here. I hear you guys mumbling to each other. So shut the hell up. No graphics. Bulls just, Bulls just pouting because he can't talk Guardians. <laughs> I can talk about whatever the hell I want. But they were being so annoying. And they ruined the whole thing when I want to talk about it for a minute. Instead of saying, we got to go for 30 seconds. And Earl's like in the background, oh my God, we're going to lose people. Oh my God, who cares? They'll be back. Bo, real quick, do you know what I was telling you? No! I was telling Earl make a Steve and vote canvas so we can get We was just trying to produce the show. I don't want to hear from you. Hey, hey go uh, ahead. Get anyway. Your money off. Get your money off. Deshaun Watson played well in the second half. And yes, he's, he's not, he's, he may not be the best he's going to be at this point. And we don't know if we're ever going to see that guy consistently that we saw in Houston. It may never happen. And if it doesn't, it's a big disappointment. But for this team, right now, this season, they don't need him, at the moment at least, to be superhuman. They need him to be good. Right. I thought he was good in the second half. And we haven't, and we're 40 minutes into the show. I don't yeah. think we've mentioned it. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over. That's huge. Huge. Yeah. So call it game manager, call whatever you yeah. want. Hold on to the football. Don't turn the ball over. Don't put your defense in bad spots or right. short fields, sudden change situations, and it's going to go a long way toward winning. One more thing, what you said at the start about don't divide into camps, that's done. As long as yeah, Deshaun oh. is here, because of his history, because yes. of how he got here, the sides have been drawn, yeah. and no one's going to cross like, over. Like, Either like, you love him or you hate him, like, and that's the way it's going to be. It's, you, a, it's a shame, <clears throat> but that's the way see, it's going to be. I, I, I wish Jay was here because I'm, I would ask him, has this ever been done on TV before? So I was watching 19 Action News. I was watching um, the fifth quarter. You're not allowed to watch them. I, I watch all of Gee, them. The answer is yes. I know where you're going with this, and yes. I mean, you know the, the live tweet ticker. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. It's a fatal flaw in the system, but it happens every week. They had the, they had the ticker on, and the ticker was like he's sitting there. The, the Browns just said, and the top it says Browns win 27 nothing. He's smiling, and at the bottom there's guys tweeting just trolling like. He's still hurt. Get him out of here. He's terrible. We should have never gave up the picks. He's gr like, it was like every single comment. And I'm like, is this supposed to happen? Or was this like a thing? Because I haven't seen anything <laughs> like that. I don't see that on like WKYC or it's Fox 8. None of that. I'm like, dang, this is crazy. And it just shows you that there are two camps, bro. Like these people are not. I mean, it, it almost seems like they didn't even watch the game. You would have swore up and down and said the Cardinals won 27 nothing. Well, I did see something this morning about, I forget where I saw it, but, like, let me get this straight. A year later, Houston already has a better quarterback than Cleveland. Yeah, right. That's like, no. Let, let, yeah. So, yeah, I saw <laughs> Let's not talk I, about that right so, now. <laughs> he, was getting, he was getting killed for three things. They was like, up, oh, Baker's about to bring him back. Look, we listen. Baker did bring him he, back. He brought him back. And then C.J. Stroud brought that and, back. And then C.J. Stroud brought him back. And then they both used those against Deshaun Watson at the same time. <laughs> Baker brought him back and C.J. threw for 450. They're both winning and we suck. I was like, dang, And bro. right now you'd rather have C.J. Stroud than both of those guys. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, but, yeah, you, I, I'm with Jason. Um, at this point, it, it's almost like, you know, we go out, you try to it, – it's, it's like voting now. Like – Everybody knows who they're gonna vote for. No one's trans. No one's flipping. No one. You could. I could come to you with all the information in the world. You are gonna say I ain't doing that? It's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. It's already baked in the cake. Um, the only way he gets. The only way it, it turns around is if he wins the Super Bowl. 
well, he's he's got to play great. If he plays great and leads them to deep into the playoffs, then it'll come. I'm sure when Ben Ralph, all the controversy with Ben Roethlisberger started in Pittsburgh, I'm sure there were plenty of Pittsburgh fans who were like, I don't like this guy. I don't want him here. And then he won games, and, and most people forgot about it. We don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but it's yeah. different there because he was drafted there. He, had a, he had a long track record there before yep. any of that came yep. up. Deshaun came here under this pretense or under yeah. this cloud. We yeah. don't and like that's why Cleveland fans for better or worse do not like outsiders. If you were brought here in a trade, if you were brought here in free agency, you don't get the same leeway as the guys they, they traded that, that we drafted here. That's true. And some in some instances people like Show, shows you this is really good quality. I, I dropped it. <laughs> Don't talk about that. I dropped people, it. People are going to go off the show. Yeah, Don't yeah. talk about the bottle. Uh, that's the Kool-Aid Mafia. We talk about that. <laughs> but no, but look, look, even Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel admitted he did not care, did not like his teammates, didn't look at his book all year, and he didn't get killed like this. He didn't get destroyed like this. I'm like. Oh, he was getting killed. I, killed by the end by the end by but, the end. but there were people that was like nah that's just Johnny being Johnny yeah well Deshaun hasn't played well enough in his time in Cleveland to yeah, this point yeah, yeah. so some of the some criticism will, some is fair will, some will convert some so and if he plays better come around but the bottom line is overall for the game I'd give him a either a C plus or a B minus I'm right there with you right? C plus I give him a C C plus G what are you giving him for the game <sighs> I, I'm going to go because I see the couple throws. I'm going to give him B minus 2.7. That throw to Amari Cooper in the second half, that long throw that, that set up the last touchdown. Was it the last touchdown? Yeah, I think that it was. was yeah. That was as good a throw as you can make. Yeah. Yep. It I was. Mean, that was, was that his perfect. best throw of the game? What's that? Was that his best throw of the game? The one no. There's one. There's this one. I thought that was the there's best There's the one Jake Burns has where he fits this ball in this window. Like, like it was, it's, it, it was still Mari Cooper. Time has said that's getting picked against a better defense. That one's getting picked. Well, hey, well, he must have knew he wasn't a better defense. <laughs> he, he fit it in there. I'm going to give him credit for it. But he had enough. It was only a handful, but he had enough in there that lets you know, okay, right. it's there. It's there right. when you need it. I don't know if you want him. I don't know if he's capable of doing that 15, 20 times no. a game. But when you got to have it, it's there. The bottom line is Deshaun at whatever percent he's playing at right now, is way better than PJ Walker. Oh Lord! I mean, yes. Well, you know, like, yes. He, yeah, like you. I mean, they would have won with PJ Walker, probably. Yes, they would. But they wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have won. You know, they wouldn't have scored as many points, probably. Uh, who knows? I mean, Arizona's the worst team in football, so you know. Or now Carolina. they are. And we don't hit. We don't. By the way, we don't hit deep balls. I could name. I could name on my hand 10, 10 plays or ten players that hit deep balls ever in Cleveland. We we're not just dropping back, throwing bombs on people. That don't happen. They missed one thing on real one. quick, and then we will uh, yeah. move on here. Stevie, take tag word full. Here's his passing chart from yesterday. And Next Gen Stats does a good job putting this out. They attempted four deep balls, which is something we had not seen really at all Two in the four. Browns' offense. There was a ton of stuff short to the right. His A dot wasn't great. His completion percentage overexpected wasn't great. But overall, 19 to 30 for 219 and two scores, you will take in his first game back. I thought when his feet were set, he was yeah. able to throw the ball. Anything kind of off platform. Still a little shaky, but as a start, as a first time back in essentially six weeks, that was pretty damn impressive. It was a it was a step in the right direction, if nothing else. It was a step in the right direction, and I think Mike made a good point. We were talking about this off the air yesterday. Uh, Mike's not allowed to make a good point. You're mad at him. I'm not mad at him anymore. <laughs> I love I'm over that. it. I was mad at both of them in the moment. I'm, I'm over it. But um, on the when he was on the run and trying to throw, yeah. it looked ugly. Yeah. When he was in the pocket and was able to set and use his body properly, had the mechanics right, he was making good throws. Right now, on the run is, a, is where he's Well, he's, he's still, normally pretty yeah. good on the run, so he's right. got to figure that part out. Yeah. And, and there were moments, again, where there's like a fine line. He, he, what he's really good at is holding on to the ball and letting plays develop. But at the same time, when you're with Walker, now Walker's not good, but he's getting the ball out fast. And now the linemen, I think, have to adjust back to holding the blocks a little bit longer without getting yeah. called for a, without a holding call yeah. and let, giving him the opportunity to let things develop. It's an adjustment period for all these guys. Doesn't it feel – I feel like this is the last month 
the Browns have gotten more calls in their favor mm -hmm. than ever, I feel like. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I've been complaining for 12 years. Yeah. It feels like they've gotten they every around. call, yeah. almost every call in there. Any close call has gone in their favor for the last month. And one more thing about Deshaun, uh, we, I think we talked about before the show, he, he needs to practice. He just yeah. needs the practice yeah. reps. Yeah. He hasn't had full weeks of practice because of this. He needs the full reps on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, both for the shoulder, for the confidence, for the familiarity, for the comfortability and, and maybe we'll see him be able to disperse the ball more than just Amari Cooper and, and Njoku and get other guys involved. He just hasn't had the practice reps. He needs to practice before you get to the games. Does anything does anything translate that you think could carry over to Baltimore? From yesterday? Yeah. Those couple of throws, you know, like it's in there. You know it's in there. It's, it's in the bag if he's got to get it. If he needs to rip one down the field, he has the strength to do it. So, you know, that, that should translate, and that hopefully would get better with, with more time, with more reps, more practice, and more rest. Yeah. In terms of the wide receivers, do you want to do a read before the wide receivers, Mike? Or? Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Tonight, or this afternoon at 3 o'clock, the barbershop, G. Bush, back in action, in the chair. He was off last Monday. Recovering this Monday, he is back. And if you need to hear anything, from a perspective you don't always get. G. Bush had a video this weekend comparing Kevin Stefanski to Kim Kardashian, something I never thought would be spoken into existence, and G. Bush made a compelling point as to why Kevin Stefanski can learn something if, if from we Kim give, Kardashian. You can find all those kind of takes in the barbershop tonight at 3 o'clock. I got something to announce. Right now, our likes is trash. Likes is 268. Listen, if we get over 1,000 likes in this show, I'm giving away two Kool-Aid Mafia hoodies today. On th at three o'clock, I'm giving two by week. I can't give nothing away if if we at two forty eight. I need to see over a thousand. Let's go. We get these, these thousands. We get that. And by the way, we got the orange Kool Aid Mafia joints, right? We giving the alternate orange crushes away, limited edition. So if you want them hoodies, hit that like button, get an opportunity. I'm giving away two at three o'clock. And also a promise from me to everyone out there. We're going to talk a little Stephen vote before overtime as well. We're going to do that and then in overtime, but I promise Nobody we will get to hear it from in. you right now. We will get it in. Let's <laughs> talk about Amari Cooper, though, guys. He had a phenomenal game yesterday. Him and Njoku were really the only two options in the passing attack, and it doesn't really matter who's at quarterback for the Browns. Amari Cooper seems to find ways to put up numbers week in and week out, G. Hey, listen, Amari Cooper, 5 for 139, I believe. The, the, the fact that I, this is why I like this, man, and you could probably set this up a little bit, too. And uh, uh, shout out to Aditi. They, 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 listen, they let Aditi get all her money off. It was 27 nothing. She kept turning her mic on. She was like, yeah, <laughs> bring it down to me. I got it. <laughs> I, I know this, you, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this because she's a friend. Right. She's so she's much awesome. better than almost every. I find most sideline reporters useless and annoying. She and uh, what's his name, Evan Evan, uh, Evan Washburn. Washburn are far and away the two best. Aditi's got a journalist background. That's why. Yeah, I'm like, man, she's really good. She coming telling all these little tidbit stories, and stuff. I said, okay, I see you. Now, Amari Cooper, I love the fact that now we at a level where where a you got a receiver that has enough cachet that can come up to a quarterback and do it in the right way and say, hey, listen, this is how they doing. He did it in his exact same tone. Hey, um, um. Deshaun, I'm open over here. Um, the safeties are playing me wrong. And, and I think we can get something together. Listen, and then the fact that Deshaun Watson can say cool and they go out and draw it up on the, in the dirt almost and go up top and complete it, that's what I've been waiting for for years. I think that's the throw that, that they yep. – I think that was the one. This yep. is the play that, that, that they're talking about. Yeah, so Amari went up to Deshaun and said the way that the corner was playing outside leverage on him and the way that the safety was almost charging at him, he knew he could beat it. And so they just sort of drew that up on the fly. And Deshaun hit him in stride with his best throw. That's probably his best throw of the day. Right yeah, yes, sir. And it was a play that they just sort of whipped up together, just the two of them, uh, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, it's definitely cool to see because, we, you know, that's when you know you got to lead. We, we've seen the Montanas and Rices do that. We've seen, uh, you know, all, all the top names, the combos do that, go out there and, and you just draw something up and you got enough chemistry to not only complete it, but you got enough heart to say this is what we're going to do and go off strip. So I love the fact that he's doing that. And Amari Cooper, for me, um, He's one of the guys that I will say that came from the outside, but we beloved Amari Cooper, right? Yeah. Like, he's one of them dudes that we feel like 
he is from here. He is of us. And a lot of people want to talk about like his number and his cap number. I'm like, man, look. Well, he ain't going nowhere. They, I mean, it's like, he, Wait, you can't get rid look of at the rest of that list. They have nobody else can do anything <laughs> in the passing game. Uh, by the way, bizarre stat on Amari Cooper through eight games. He has never, he has not had a game this year where his receiving yards have been between 38 and 88 yards. Not yeah. one game between 30. Like you figure, most games are somewhere in that range. Yeah. Right? He's not had any games between 38 and 88 yards. He's had three games where he's had under 38 yards. Eight for 22 against the Colts, six for 16 against the Ravens, and seven for 37 against the Bengals. And then every other game, he's been 89 yards or more. 89, 90, 108, 116, 139. He's on pace for his best season ever in terms of yardage. He's had six, I believe, 1,000-yard seasons. Now think about that. He's with, never with, had over 1,200. He's on pace for over 1,300. With the trash quarterback play the Browns trash. have had. The Browns have gotten crappy quarterback play in six of eight games. Average play in one and good play in one. Mm-hmm. That's it. And this man, and the most impressive thing is this man is doing it all in lineman cleats. This man, somebody <laughs> get somebody get Amari Cooper to go. That man has, he has the same cleats as Dewan Jones. He had the high top joints with the rubbers. I'm like, dang, Amari, you, you don't got nothing that signifies you a baller. No gloves, he's like no the, shield. I feel like he's like the least diva. He is. You know, top 25 wide receiver. We talked about that before. Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper are two of the most low-key, don't need the spotlight, don't care, just go out and perform guys. You could have his leaders on an offense. Can you imagine going out? uh, Can you imagine going to your house for a gathering and it's him, Nick Chubb, and Amari Cooper just hanging out? I think they write notes to each other. Nobody say a word. No one's saying a word, bro. (laughs) I really enjoyed our time today, Nick. And even though Miles Garrett is an oddball, in a way like they are, but he's he's different. He likes the attention. He likes to, yeah, yeah. He likes it. Yeah, yeah. He listen, they're not hanging and out. And that's fine. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Who, yeah, I'm just saying it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, Mike. So outside of Cooper and Joe got another touchdown, his second straight game with a touchdown, but other than him, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman did have a catch. One. But he did have a catch. Yep. Got that no one else really late. did anything. Got it. No late. one really did it did, did nothing in the passing game, and that's a testament to how good Cooper was, but Long term here, G, and, and we'll focus a little more on this as the week goes on, and Jason as the week goes on. But when is it time to start having an ounce of concern that this passing game is going to get too predictable if it's always going to Amari and David? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, if ever you can say I got it's, no it's concerns not about that. that I, here's the thing: Leroy says something, and I, I I like what he says when it comes to this and his mindset on plays and play calling. The best teams in the world, you know what they're running, you know what the tendencies are, you know what the down the distance and where on the field they like to call certain plays. They ain't got nothing to do with you stopping it. Um, you know, I can know you about to run the football, but can I get off a block and disengage from a, a monster on the other side of me? And for the Browns, I look at it this way. The Browns have enough, what shall I say, creativity because you can have creativity and just run the ball or throw the ball from different places, right? Um, you can't dictate. They're very creative in the screen game. They they play three different running backs that all have different styles of running and, and where they like to get and get downhill. Um, Amari Cooper is not just a guy that's just going to run straight past you. It's the fact that he can set you up off the line of scrimmage, uh, off press man coverage. He can, he, he can do outside stems. He's explosive at the top of his routes. And he's shown he got enough speed to get behind you. So, no, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. Because the Cleveland Browns, they're, they're predicated on a strong running game, a, a dominant running game, and being opportunistic in the passing game. And then pairing that with but a they defense. They don't have a strong running game. Oh, I, I, I disagree with that. 
No, I'm with Bull. I think it's very average, below average with the running backs. If you look at the numbers, we talked about this last week. If you look at the numbers since Nick went out by the running backs, yeah, they're I think they're 28th, 29th in the league in yards what, what, per carry. What, what are they in rushing yards? Well, in totality, they rank third or fourth. We use the word totality up. too much on this. Show. Okay, so we they're finding th- new words. So here's Stop the thing: the overall, uh, rushing yards per game, Baltimore is first, Miami second, Cleveland is third. So they're third in rushing. If you run, what are they yards per attempt? You don't want to know the answer to that. Yeah. Here's the thing. Sometimes, and this is, the, this is why I give him credit. When you are playing a team, it's the simple fact that they still are going to consistently I, I hear run. you. That doesn't make you a good – just because you run it a lot doesn't make you a good running team. Cleveland's back. I just looked this up yesterday. Yeah. They're 3.7 yards a carry since Nick went down, 25th in the league. And the offense yards per play is 29th in the NFL. Yeah. That's everything. That's not you. You can't. That's going to have to improve. Yes, significantly. Well, his, if, well, if you, if you give me one characteristic or one thing that I would take and, and not like about the game yesterday is they gave Kareem, they gave uh, uh, Ford, Jerome Ford, 20, 20 carries. Now Jerome Ford running outside zone. He's is, not a feature yeah. back. Let's no. stand by one second. We're going to get more into the running game first. Go ahead, Mike. We do got to get our real quick FanDuel read in before we hit into the noon hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 